Welcome to Ex Libris On Air and the stories behind the stories of today's literature and their authors. Greetings for Ex Libris On Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is Flagstaff's Forgotten Cowgirl, the journals of Lizzie Hoffman. And joining me is the author and distant relative of the subject of this book, J.K. Hoffman. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Is this your first novel, first book? Uh, how would you describe this? Is this a new venture for you? Yes, it is. It's a new venture. It, it is my first book. And your relative, uh, Lizzie Hoffman, how long ago did she live, and why is it significant that you've uh, devoted almost 300 pages to her story? Well, she is my husband's great aunt. So I am not a direct relative, but my husband and my children are. You can grab her as a relative from that perspective anyway, right? Yeah, yes, I'm a coattail relative. That works. <laughs> I'm holding on by the apron string. Yeah, what impressed you about her and why, I, why this book? Uh, well, I am a, a research genealogy, and I ran onto her one night in the public library on Microfish. Didn't know a thing about her. And a story written about her in the newspaper caught my eye. And so I continued researching her for about six years until one day I couldn't get her out of my mind. She just became a part of me. And so I decided it was time to write about her. So that's what I did. I quit my job and decided to write a book. Well, this is phenomenal. At 300 pages, that's a lot of research and a lot of time invested in that. What was so interesting about your discovery that uh, that spurred you on to the details of her life? Because we can read, you know, maybe a, a newspaper article or something about someone we know or think we know and go, boy, that's that's fascinating, but 300 pages is uh, quite a bit. How did you find this about her? You say that it's a... Uh, a journal of, Lisa, of of Lizzie Hoffman. Did you actually find writings of hers? No, I did not. I wrote the book, uh, had written it three different ways, and got a writing coach, and he suggested that I write it in a journal form, which opened up a whole new way of getting deeper inside her emotions and who she was. Uh, would you would you refer to this as a a real fictional uh, work? I mean, is is the content of your book more fiction than it is fact, or is it story based on fact? I used as much fact as I could find, and I threw in a lot of fiction to make a story. But I used things that were general to the time. And um, getting back to your question of you know what did I find so fascinating about her? was the fact that uh, here was this woman, and nobody in the family knew about her. Hmm. She was literally forgotten. And I, how could that happen to anybody? Why, why would somebody like her be forgotten? Because she was a prominent rancher and things in, in the area. And why, why does your life become so unimportant that you become un, you know, forgotten? Uh, you were able to find photos not only of her, but also other relatives from that same time frame. Now, she was born in 1866, if I understand it correctly, but uh, lived 1876. until eight, eight, 1876, but uh, lived until the 1940s uh, in the United States. Lived until 1911. 
1911. Okay, I'm looking at someone else. I guess it's Nellie Josephine Hoffman. Would that be a daughter, or how is that? Who is that? That was her sister. Her sister, okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, that was her sister, and she was taken away at a young age. <laughs> wow. So, uh, and that that inspired me, you know, uh, to to delve deeper into her life and try to understand, you know, how someone who was successful, you know, be taken away so young. I do see the photo of uh, Elizabeth or Lizzie May Hoffman. Lizzie, uh, born in 1876, died in 1911, Flagstaff, Arizona. She married someone named Bill Schroyer, it looks like. From is, Was he from British, yes. British Columbia, Canadian, or was that BC something else I'm missing? Uh, it was Roslyn, British Columbia, where she married him. Really? I did happen to find out, though, on the journey that she took me, <laughs> was that they knew each other here in the Arizona Territory. And uh, she ended up marrying him and going on up into the Yukon just before the gold strike. Wow. He was a gold miner. He was a miner. And so she followed him up into the, you know, the Yukon Territory to... Um, become run a roadhouse and mine for gold and be a gold for dig- eight years she was a gold digger up there uh so to speak yes. yeah yes <laughs> and did him, yes and, did, and so that takes a very strong woman absolutely to be able to do that how would they make that journey to british columbia from from the territories was that uh by horseback i guess i don't know that train transportation or other types of uh, of transport well, were yes. available they um trains were a big part of it not so much when you got into british columbia but they did ride the train into rosland from seattle they rode it was a steam engine and they rode a steam engine into rosland and from there i uh i told it that they went up the um all canadian trail so that would have been waterways and mules and you know, walking. It right. would have been a very long, oh. long journey. Even in today's world, I, you know, I am Canadian, but I'm from Ontario, and even driving in a day or two to get to Ontario from Texas is very arduous. I don't know how individuals uh, could make a journey such as you've described in that time and frame. That's amazing that they were able to and had the uh, desire to make a trip of that nature. It's a long distance. Uh, when you when you wrote this, someone that's going to be reading this or uh, people that have, you've shared this story with, do they look at this as a uh, an adventure novel as much as a biographical sketch? Yes, very definitely an adventure novel. She was an a ver- she was a very adventurous person. Uh, wasn't afraid of anything. She would take on anything that came her way. You have uh, described a scene where she dresses up and has a shooting contest with Bill Cody. Now I'm uh, imagining that that might be part of your fertile imagination, or was that based on fact? Yes, uh, it was my imagination. I uh, knew that Bill Cody came through Flagstaff by train on his way to on a hunting trip to the Grand Canyon. And I can't imagine them not having a, a to-do in town with him being here. Right. So I just went on with that. Well, that's certainly allowable. And she did idolize. You know, I mean, she. I became. I wrote it in that she idolized Annie Oakley because she was such a tomboy, but that allowed her 
to see that she could be both, a tomboy and a woman. And it was very freeing for her. As a first-time novelist, did you have an outline when you began this? I'm guessing with your research, you had to have at least some extensive notes. I had I had my notes. Uh, as for an outline, per se, I did not. And I had the beginning of the book and the ending of the book and did not really know where I was going with um, the middle of the book until she helped me discover her uh, in Canada. And that was quite a surprise. I had no idea when I started that I would end up writing about Canada. Was that the most shocking thing that a a reader will discover in your book? Were there other adventures that might also grab their attention? I think that's the most shocking because you just don't imagine a woman taking on the Yukon. <laughs> and I'm reading here that your that her mother also was a pretty plucky individual. She traveled from Michigan to Kansas by covered wagon in the 1870s. And at the time, she was expecting Lizzie. Uh, is that a fact uh, yes. also that's true? Yes, that's true. Yes. They picked up and moved from Michigan to Kansas, which must have been quite a thing with five children. And then became a farm. He became a farmer. He was a he was a shoe cobbler. Her father was a shoe cobbler. And then, all of a sudden, he's farming in Kansas. Well, we all know that that's a very difficult task. Absolutely. And then land opened up in New Mexico, and he again, by covered wagon, moved the family to uh, New Mexico around the area of Albuquerque and began ranching, which he was not a rancher until then. And that is where she got her love of ranching. It, it is amazing to look at the history of um, either family members or extended family members like you, as you have, and imagine being transported from the 21st century back into those times. That, you know, a lot of us do not really uh, understand the hardships and the challenges that our forefathers uh, faced in order to uh, get us to where we are today. that Was that one of the surprises or one of the benefits that you, you found in completing this? Well, I would say it was a benefit. Um, and the other surprise was that her father fought in the Civil War, and he was fairly new to this country, but he took on the fight of the Civil War and was injured, and being a a shoemaker, a cobbler, he was very well taught in leather. So that's where the army put him, was making saddles and reins and that. And But he, he did get an injury that he did die of. Wow. Later on. I mean, these people suffered after the Civil War. Some of these men never recovered from their injuries. They just lived with them day by day, which I find very amazing. (laughs) Yeah, the easy way to describe your book, then, is a conversational introduction to an extended family member. Would that be a good descriptive? Yes, that would be very good. And how would you introduce this to someone that, you know, is not familiar with you or this story? Well, I'd say travel back in time to another era of hard-working, hard-living times and learn that there is not a great deal of difference between their lives and ours. They had dreams and goals and had to put in a lot of hard work and determination, and that hasn't changed. We all are driven by something. When you wrote this book, was it by a computer? Did you handwrite it? How did you, how did you 
get the emotions out that are included in the book? That's an interesting question. I did both computer and handwriting. I find that when I handwrite, I'm closer to the person than in the computer. So I would write down my ideas and then I would put it into the computer. But I also used uh, music to help me, to help inspire me. I used old country western uh, music and I would play it and that would help inspire me to the time. So that was one way. Is there anything that was a challenge? Uh, and, and is there a, a future edition of Family History or a book of similar style in your, in your future? Yes, I am uh, currently more for, because I've been asked, is this suitable for young adults? I wouldn't say the very young adult. I would say, no, there's probably some topics that are probably not. So I thought I had so many stories written about her. I am compiling a book of Lizzie stories for young adults. Excellent. That sounds like a fun read uh, whenever that gets released. I think that's a great idea. Yes, and then I'm also working on her brother was as adventurous as she was, and he was he was a true cowboy, and um, he also went gold mining into Mexico that turned out very wrong. Ooh. He was not as lucky. He was lucky because he made it back, but... He was not as lucky as she was. Well, thank you for sharing this story. She had the cold to share with, to to deal with, and he had the heat of the Sonoran Desert in the summer. Uh, Judy, we didn't ask about the the final days of of, uh, of Lizzie Hoffman. She didn't live a long time. What was the scenario around her death? Well, it was a combination of her love of this man, and trying to protect him, but guns, alcohol, slash drugs, and anger, which is a problem today in our society. Mm. And I'm not taking a stand on gun control. I'm just trying to uh, get out the message that we need to make people aware that that combination was lethal then and it's lethal now. Absolutely. And you can take a glass, you can take water, which is not lethal, but add the right ingredients to it and it becomes lethal. Lizzie's a perfect example of it. And awareness and keeping the victim's memories alive and keep them so that they're not forgotten like she was. So many people, men, women, children, lose their lives to, to those th- that combination Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Um, I agree with you. I, I, I yeah. think it's a very dangerous uh, world we live in where some things are allowed to be casually looked at. I have family members who have become ensnared with alcohol and its abuse. So yeah. I, I appreciate your, your bringing that as the underlying theme and possibly a message that will also come out from reading your book. Fascinating. Fascinating. This, uh, again, would be a great story just as a conversational piece and an adventure for a, a reader. Doesn't have to, they don't have to have a, a genealogical connection to your family, but the title of this is Flagstaff's Forgotten oh. Cowgirl, The Journals of Lizzie Hoffman, and written by J.K. Hoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N. 
Uh, Judy, you have uh, written this. How do you share it? How does the how does the public get a hold of it? Uh, it's available on um, well through Rex Libris. It's available on on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and you know it's in an e. You can get it on uh, as an e-book or you know hardback or soft cover. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Again, uh, the way that you've approached this, it could be read as a novel or it could be read as a biographical sketch of family history. It's uh, it's very nicely done. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. Well, thank you. My pleasure for Ex Libris On Air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short messages. Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at Toginet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcasts cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching to military resources to business success, even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com. That's S-C-O-T-T at T-O-G-I-N-E-T-R-A-D-I-O dot com. Back to Ex Libris. Greetings for Ex Libris on Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title from my author who is in California is titled Quotes in Quotation Marks. Humbled but yet eloquent. Joining me from California is author Winifred Lee Richardson. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, great to visit with you. You are, are a creative, obviously, by uh, by definition and by uh, the eloquence of your book. This is a short read. Uh, what was the motivation behind it? Why did you decide to, to share this publicly, and where did it come from? I, um, I was putting a, um, a group of quotes together positively. I wanted to put something out in the world, in the atmosphere that's going to bring joy, happiness, and love to everyone worldwide and I was having a 50th birthday celebration in which I thought like I wanted to put something together to bring people in the loving atmosphere and so I say I I wanted to get my the book together and I did I got it together and we read with some inserts from the book positive inserts was were, were read and um mission was accomplished um everyone um uh, smiles on their face and laughter and um it was so, um, I was so happily uh, overjoyed by it because the mission was accomplished and people were smiling and quotes like, smile because it's free, no charge, and um, several quotes. And it just made a joy upon the face of, of many of my guests which is around 150 people. Well, I'm glad you didn't say you were 150 years old. It was 50th, <laughs> 50th birthday. Uh, yeah. I, I, did you read 
all of your book to these uh, folks, or was uh, just some oh, excerpts? There was just several. I think we read about at least um, it's the 138 quotes. So I think we read about uh, I read about um, 15 quotes were read. Fifteen, and and, it, out there. and then it was pass the punch and give me some cake. I I think that's how it goes in birthday <laughs> parties. Now you yeah. you you uh, in writing these, I would say they're an outgrowth of your personal spiritual growth. If I'm understanding some of the background here, you would 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 it be correct to say this was uh, maybe an outcropping of your meditation or your prayer life? Yes, my meditation and my prayer life exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, and and uh, did you have you always written down thoughts and inspiration in those moments? Yes, I have. Um, I think ni- in nineteen ninety six is when I first um, published a self published book, and then and there was a lot of um, similar quotes, um, poems actually, songs and poems that I uh, placed on paper, and then it was um, it was a um, Awesome um, outcome feedback from many Beautiful. people worldwide. Yes, I also discovered in in looking into your history and background that there was a, um, a health scare that came up in your family. I think in the two thousand eight or ten uh, time with your son, and this spurred you also to to write and share your story. Did it not? Yes, that is so true. And, and um, I, uh, October 2009, my son um, at the time was just made 19 years old, a day after 18, being 18. Mm. He was um, diagnosed with a heart um, condition that um, led him up to being receiving a heart transplant, which I, um, which allowed, which um, I experienced him by his bedside for eight months in the hospital. Wow. And um, you can think of everything imagining happening to him, every every organ failing and was so happy, so that brought my my spiritual grows closer. And I sit and I just thought about uplifting songs and scriptures and prayers and and at the at which the time I had wrote a song t- called titled "Thank You, Lord," mm. and that is now um, on CD. Oh, beautiful! So yes, that that scare got me um, even my got my faith closer to. To our highest, to the heavenly Father. Wonderful. the The title quotes obviously uh, is self explanatory. When you uh, began to share your quotes, uh, you did mention that it uh, first got its debut, at least in some form, at a birthday party. Uh, who Who did you feel would would find these uh, insights, these nuggets of joy and inspiration, and, and find them uh, as something they would like to have a part of or be a part of? Um, my family, my individual family, my siblings, my, especially my mom. My mom at the time must have been about 88 years old, and, and now you know, she's went on to be with the Lord. But it, it is, it, it, she just was on fire. And then some um, elderly church members and younger little kids. Mm. I had one of my little small two-year-old um, nieces was so overjoyed at the time. It just brought joy on their on their faces. And at the time, we all wore white. I won the white party, so oh, right. everybody was in uniform, and the the the, the, the atmosphere, the, everything was awesome. So I, I, everyone in the in the in the in the in the, in the um, event at the celebration, uh, from your little two year old up to what eighty eight and ninety year old people and and young adults as well was um, mission was accomplished. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> friends you- and. 
but so have you, co-workers. You, you, have, uh, you have also included photos in your book. Are these some that you have created, or were they just appropriate for the book and for the contents? Actually, uh, the photos that, that I, I created, some, uh, some of the, most of them, um, I took them with my, um, my, my cell phone camera, and I um, snapshot them. And they were, several of them were put inside the, um, in the book by this, because I like the, uh, the, the uh, uniqueness and the beauty of, of flowers and, and butterflies and, and um, it's a, it's hummingbirds. A, yeah, it's a beautiful addition and, and certainly complements the contents of your book. In, in thinking about the contents and the quotes and uh, some of the, they're basically one-line inspirational or reflective moments that you have uh, have shared is there one or two that you think stand out to you and uh, and and are are the type of uh, inspirational quotes that your friends relatives family members seem to have latched onto can you share a couple of those with us today yes i can um i can say um yes um love is kind love is patient caring forgiving and not being demanding nor selfish. Love is always seeing good in yourself and in, and in others. It conquers everything. Mm. And um, another one. Great things can happen to a student when he has a great, a good teacher. Wow. Well, those are those are, those are certainly short, but certainly will get your attention. What, what else would you share? I would share this as well. Um, red, white, and blue spe- spells America, the land of free, a speech, and of choice. There's no color, gender, or race barrier. Boy, that's the truth. Absolutely. Uh, I think most of my listeners would uh, would certainly applaud and ag- agree with you there. What is the one thing you want readers to take away from your work besides uh, applauding you for uh, sharing your, your, your uh, content? What do you want them to take away from this? What's the underlying message? My underlying message is my focus is geared to sharing something positive and to expressing uplifting words with everyone worldwide. I hope that every reader will enjoy, be lifted, or encouraged by this book, by my book, Quotes, Humble Yet Eloquent. Is there anything about writing and uh, putting this book together? How long did it take, Winifred, to, to complete all of your quotes and get them into printed form? It took me around um, a year and a half because I was writing and stopping and writing and stopping. So it took me approximately about a year and, and a half to get it all completed. Are there other books out there? I know there are some. You've got you know, Chicken Soup for the Soul and other inspirational uh, books in the marketplace. Do you think yours is perhaps a little bit unique in the way that you have approached this? Yes, I um, I think it's um, it's um, very um, unique and um, different, and um, it can uh, put a smile on your face when you when you're sad. Um, I think it it's touching because I have so, received several um, feedbacks, reviews, just calling me and said they couldn't put the book down. I just had a um, um, an elderly lady um, call me on Saturday and said she when she finally put the book up and she couldn't put it down. And wow. it just, uh, she just called me to give me a feedback that she, 
it really touched her heart. Well, that's beautiful, and that wasn't that's, it. That was, was Saturday, and that wasn't as stick- well as my son, as well as my son. When I gave him, I gave him to him first, and he's like twenty eight years old, and he said, "Mom, I couldn't put it down." Beautiful, and this brought joy on my heart and my uh, um, and smiles on uh, smile on my face at yeah. the time. So. That's that's fantastic. I, which that's was fantastic. my goal, yes. And and it wasn't because you yeah. put sticky tape on the back of the book or anything. It's not why they couldn't put it down. You you actually it was the content <laughs> that got them right. <laughs> yeah, because of the wording and the the, the um, uplifting this um, sentences and paragraphs and pictures that they enjoyed. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing your story. I, again, this is a short read. It's it's only about fifty six pages, and it's a type of book that you could have as a reference, or if you just needed to pick me up, it's like a cup of coffee, uh, if I may use that analogy. Uh, sometimes you need yeah. coffee to cheer you up, or sometimes you need something else to uh, to put a smile on your face. This. This book and its content is easy to read. You can pick it up and go to page 48 and still not uh, lose uh, continuity of, uh, of the contents of the book. Title again is Quotes, Humbled but Yet Eloquent. And my guest from California has been author Winifred Lee Richardson. Winifred, where do we get copies of your book? You get the copies of my book from um, Amazon.com as well as at Libris.com as well as um Gold, G O L D D, one, number one words, W R D S dot com. Fabulous. And let me spell your first name because uh, it's pronounced Winifred, but it's spelled Winifred, W I N I F R E D, Lee, middle name, and Richardson, as it sounds. If you're doing a search online, uh, listeners, you can find this book. And uh, my presumption, and I haven't asked before now, is that perhaps uh, this has inspired you to share additional comments and thoughts and uh, perhaps a follow-up book. Is that something that might be in the works? Yes, that's something that's definitely in the work at, at this time. Well, fabulous. Thank you for joining me today and sharing your story. Again, for Ex Libris on Air, this is J. Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short messages. Only once every few years does a show come along that makes you think, makes you care, makes you believe the impossible. A show featuring only the best in writing, acting, and directing. Until that show comes along, we suggest Paranoria, Texas. Thrilled to the adventures of six super-powered nerds on a never-ending quest to take over the world and to complete their collection of She-Hulk comics. Paranoria, Texas, Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central on AstronetRadio.com. Welcome back to Ex Libris. Greetings for Ex Libris on air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is, or the question I guess that's on the book cover, is Where is Pete? And joining me from North Carolina in the United States of America is the author and a certified tree hugger, Judith G. Abernethy. Welcome to the program, Judith. Hello. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to throw you by accusing you of being a tree hugger, but I, I, that's in, in, the, in, the kindest, in the kindest way I mean that. Your book is directed towards children, I would assume. I mean, there are adults who will also find it intriguing. It's 36 pages in length. 
Tell my listeners a little of your background. Uh, why would I accuse you of being a tree hugger? Well, I used to work for the Scouts, and I used to teach wilderness survival with you know, the Boy Scouts and the venture, co-ed venture crew that I worked with. Mm. And we taught wilderness survival to um, camperees at several different Scout uh, groups. And always the first lesson what in wilderness survival is one loss, stop and hug a tree. <laughs> because, you know, if you stop, you know, because that makes a person stop, stay put, if, you know, and calm down. Hugging right. a tree yep. calms somebody down. So, and then, then it goes on from there, but, you know, and I thought, and I had wanted to teach, you know, like more what to do when lost, but the next step is to build a fire. And we had a lot of forest fires at the time. I was writing this, and I thought, nope. <laughs> uh, bad, bad idea. Uh, the t- yeah, bad idea. The, the, the title of your book, just... yeah, the title of your book, Where is Pete? Uh, obviously, uh, at least from my presumption of innocence here, is Pete is the main character of your, of your, uh, of your publication, of your book. Uh, when did you, or how did you come up with the idea of uh, designing a story around a, a family and around a, uh, a character named Pete? Well, mostly children that get lost. And it, it just kind of happens to everybody, you know, almost. And an out at a picnic or something or out, you know, hiking, it's, it's easy for, uh, or you know, camping, a child just to wander off. But if they don't realize when they're lost, to actually stop because if you don't stop you can't be found so very true so, um where so i just you know a family setting just seemed like a good way to tell the story i, I just came up with pete well, at one point i thought oh for pete's sake if you yeah. just stop <laughs> thought, oh yeah you know, let's use pete you know <laughs> and 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 pete is a human uh, I'm, i haven't pete, read the whole story Oh, Pete is a human. Oh, thank Pete is you. a little boy. A little boy. All right, because I, you know, sometimes uh, authors will use a uh, a name like Pete and assign it to maybe a pet a dog or cat or uh, something, a bird, something of that nature. You have uh, taken a, a very graphics approach. I mean, say graphics approach, the, the very colorful approach in illustrating, having this illustrated. Uh, did you have to direct the illustrator specifically, or did they just take your story and run with it? No, I, I, I told them scene by scene what I wanted. Beautiful. Yeah. And how long did it take you to get the basic story and then get the illustrations uh, connected and married together? It took me a long time to to figure out how to do the story. Um, I started out trying to do, you know, poem, rhyming. Um, tried to start it out with, you know, when lost, do this. And I thought, That's, you know, a kid's not going to be interested. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it took me a while to finally, you know, get the story. But once I got the story and, and turned it in and then matching the the story with the illustrations, so within a month, I think. Well, that's that's a quick turnaround. You've been an instructor and had a teaching mode, I, I'm assuming, from your personality. Uh, have you often or always had an interest in uh, being an author, a published author? Well, I had thought about it for years, but it wasn't until recently I decided 
to, to give it a try. This is an excellent first start. You, I guess the family encountered some other uh, challenges while they were looking for Pete. Uh, describe a few of those that you have included. Well, they, they discover a skunk while they, they look in the log, you know, thinking, well, maybe Pete's hiding in the log, but no. <laughs> you find something a little bit worse. And then um, they find a, a bear in a cave. Mm. And they find his footprints, you know, by a creek. And then, you know, there's always the, the worry, you know, did he fall in the water? You know, did he get that his footprints lead away? So, you know, he didn't drown. So, Was this a fun project for you? I, I, you know, some authors approach writing as a, a major task. I mean, they have to sit down. They have to agonize over the storyline and they agonize over the the flow of the characters and all of that. Was this just something that you uh, not only uh, thought of doing, but enjoyed the process as well? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I agonized over it at the beginning, you know, trying to get, and then, like, okay, for a picture book, you go, you know, you use, like, so many words or so many pages, so fit it all in there. And then once I learned, I made a dummy of the book, you know, made a book dummy. Sure. And that helped me put it more in focus, you know, where I could see, oh, okay, words here, picture here. I can see how it fits together. And so that 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 really set up the process and, and helped me visualize it better. Have you had an opportunity to share this with you? maybe uh, neighbors, uh, friends, uh, people? Have they had a chance to, to review the book yet since it's uh, just freshly off the presses? Yes, um, friends with children and grandchildren have um, purchased books for them. And my grandson, I sent him one, and they loved it so much they wanted to take it to his school. So I sent one for his school, and my daughter-in-law went and read the book in the class, and all the kids loved it. So. And he he reads it every night. <laughs> wow. He's six years old and reads it every night. <laughs> that's 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 an incredible commendation uh, just on its own. I mean, I love to get response from an audience uh, when I'm either speaking or doing music or whatever I choose to do. It's always uh, always encouraging to have that happen. Are there any words that describe the story? I mean, is there something there that... Uh, will kind of uh, outline what the story's about that the listener can pick up on. Well, it's basically, you know, a loss, you know, when loss, stop and hug a tree story told backwards. So, you know, the child, you know, young Pete gets lost. He wanders off from the picnic and the family goes in search for him, encountering wild animals and dangers along the way. And, and it's not until Pete learns to stop and hug a tree that they can't find him until he does that well, there, there there you go again hugging trees i just you know it's right, right, right. in, in, in inbred dna i guess is what it is you, you, you described it also in three words uh the story is described as uh, danger hope and wonder so there's a lot of uh, other aspects of your story and then the final determination hope and love uh, obviously, at least from uh, my impression, the end of the story is one of uh, success when they're looking for Pete. Right, and you know the love, you know, like 
Well, determination, the family didn't give up. They always had hope, and it's the, their love, you know, kept them going and, and and finally found them. And then once they found him, they did, you know, and once he learned about, you know, that because he stopped and hugged the tree and was holding the tree when they found him, that they decided to have their picnics there from then on. All <laughs> right. Well, nothing nothing better in life than food, from my perspective. I just uh, love that <laughs> right. as, a, as a, an achievement. In fact, uh, sometimes I'll reward myself. Maybe I'll get a peanut butter sandwich when I finish this task, something like that. Now, this, uh, <laughs> yeah. this again, is only 36 pages. Uh, it is the type of book I guess your primary audience would be young children, and it's also... Uh, simplest, uh, s- simply written so that a young child can actually read it and entertain themselves and also get the message. Uh, was that something you determined to do from the beginning? Yes. I wanted a book that not only told the story of you know what they should do when, when lost, but also put, you know, like learning words in there. It's like they looked under the picnic table they looked around the picnic table they looked in the bush you know they looked you know around you know so using words like in out around beside and then with the pictures that you know that match it so so you know helps so it's also a a learning book of words (laughs) yeah and it, it, it turned into a fun process and and uh, I'm happy. <laughs> well, as an environmental educator, my uh, thoughts are perhaps uh, you enjoy this sufficiently that there may be another book in the future. Is there another adventure with Pete, or would you think you might go in another direction if you were to uh, publish another book? It would probably be something else with Pete, maybe something else outside, another learning. I haven't figured out what yet, uh, maybe water safety or something or a lot of topics that children certainly would benefit from and uh, certainly in a nice learning environment as you have uh, have assembled in this book where's pete again my author uh, judith g abernethy has joined me from north carolina uh, in the united states uh, judith where do we get copies of this amazon barnes and noble um, online and have you started a website as yet or is that in the future there is there is a website JudithAbernethyWriter.com. Very good. And Abernethy is spelled A-B-E-R-N-E-T-H-Y for those of us who mispronounce people's names. Abernethy, thank you for joining me today and sharing your story. And uh, I hope to hear from you in the future. And best of luck with this. This is a great learning tool for young children and for families and uh, certainly a book that uh, should be on many people's shelves, especially if they have grandchildren or young children uh, that uh, that may be uh, wanting to go into the woods and explore. This is great. Thank you for sharing your story. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, thank you, Judith. For Ex Libris on Air, this is Jay (laughs) Douglas Barker.